Welcome to the Wisdom for Life podcast with David Baker. David was a former paratrooper in the 82nd Airborne Division and for over 30 years has been a preacher. He has written five books and is an Amazon number one best-selling author. He is the chaplain at the county jail, pastors a church, and is the father of 11 children. Yes, 11. This podcast is here to give you wisdom for your family, your marriage, your children, your finances, your health, and your life. And now, the host of Wisdom of Life podcast, David Baker. Hello and welcome, David Baker. Welcome to the Wisdom for Life podcast. Um, Great to have you here today. Excited about the truth to be able to uh, help us with today. And uh, it's called talking about how we make decisions, how we make decisions. Do you realize how many decisions we make every day? How many decisions every day? Some are little and don't matter a lot. Some are major. But understanding how we make decisions, how we're supposed to, how most people do, really important. For instance, so uh, we all make decisions on what we are going to eat. Okay. How do you make those decisions? Uh, Let me see. What do I feel like eating? I think we do that a lot, don't we? Or what's in the fridge? Or what do we have money for? Or how about this one? (laughs) Whatever mama put on the table, eat it. (laughs) You'll like it. Uh, Whether you do or not, that's what uh, you got to do. How do you decide what you eat? Uh, Whatever is vegan. Um, I'm sorry. I know I'm not supposed to cuss on this this, uh, podcast. Um, Or organic, you know. So we decide what we're going to, uh, to eat, you know. Know, oh, what is the most healthy thing for me? Most people don't decide that's what they're going to eat. Um, saw an old cartoon years ago. There's a guy sitting in boxers and a t-shirt sitting on the uh, doctor's table and the doctor's looking at his chart. And he looks at him and says, are you sure you've given up everything you enjoy? <laughs> uh, it seems like that's the way it is sometimes. So I want to talk to you about how people make decisions. And I'm going to look at the Bible with answering this question that Pilate said. What shall I do then with Jesus, which is called Christ? That's the question that we all have to answer. Number one, to accept him as Savior. But then after that, what do we do after that with Christ? You'll see in the stories here, there are people who believed on Jesus, but didn't make the right decision on what they did after that for other reasons. So I'm not going to read all the scriptures. There's a lot of them. I'll give you the reference. I would encourage you to go look it up and read it. It'll be a help. So how people make decisions, okay? So the first one is the local people who grew up around Jesus. When he went into the synagogue and preached and uh, read scripture and did miracles, the people they were offended by him, the Bible says. They were offended by him because they said, is not this a carpenter's son? Not his mother Mary and his brethren James and Joseph and Simon and Judas and sisters? Are they not all with us? They were offended at what he did. How come? Because they thought they knew him. What a sad thing. They could have said, wow, we've grown up. The Messiah grew up in our town. They should have been his biggest supporters. By the way, did anybody have any dirt on Jesus? No. Did Jesus ever do anything wrong? No. Why didn't we know he was Messiah? This kid never messed up. Wow. But they didn't. They were offended because they thought they knew him in their pride. Look, he's one of us. And they messed up. People make their decision based on who it offends or if it offends them or not. They should not have. The next one is the um, the decisions that were made from people who had a half-truth. They knew part of the story. 
So Jesus had done great miracles. He was a prophet. Some said he's Christ. This is John chapter 7, verse 40 and on. And uh, But they said, he can't be Christ because hath not the scripture said that Christ cometh of the seed of David and out of the town of Bethlehem. <laughs> this guy, he's from Galilee. He's from the city of Nazareth. Can any good thing come out of Nazareth? So they did not accept him. They made the wrong decision. Why? Because they had half truth. They knew he was from Galilee. They knew he was from and lived and grew up in the city of Nazareth. Can any good thing come out of that? Wouldn't it be great if they had followed up with one question? Jesus, where were you born? I was born of the seed of David in the town of Bethlehem. What? You you, you were? Imagine if they'd known that. They knew half truth. They knew he was from Galilee. Galilee would be like a county maybe. And then, then uh, Nazareth, the city, the town. Um, but they never followed up to ask him. They thought they knew. They knew half-truths. They knew half-truths. And they made wrong decisions because they did not know the whole truth. They didn't know the whole thing. So many times we need to follow up and make sure that we know what we're talking about by asking questions and finding out about the whole truth um, to make sure that we have that and get that. If not, we are not going to make good decisions, and they didn't. Next, and by the way, the rest of these are really about that day, the crucifixion. The decisions that the people made about the crucifixion, what happened, Um, decisions that they made uh, concerning that. So everyone had to make decisions that day. What are they going to do with Christ? What are they going to do? And to hear how they made their decisions. First is fear. All the disciples forsook him and fled. Mark 14, 47 to 50. All the disciples forsook him and fled. How come for fear? Do you know how many people make decisions based on fear? Fear? God hath not given us a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. We are not to make decisions based on fear. How did Judas make his decision? On money. On money. Mark 14, um, 4 through uh, 11, the story of the woman that took the uh, ointment and he said, this could have been sold for 300 pence and given to the poor. By the way, he didn't care about the poor. He was a thief and he had the bag. That's what he was concerned about. And Jesus said, look, the poor you're going to have with you always, but me, you're not going to have. She's done a good work. And from that time forward, Jesus went to betray. Sorry, Judas went to betray Jesus. How come? Over money. He was offended. You wasted all this ointment that could have been sold and given to the poor, and I could have gotten some of that. But it wasn't. And so he said, I'll get my money. So he went out and sold Jesus for 30 pieces of silver. What a sad thing. What an amazing thing. Judas made his decision based on money. The disciples made their decision based on fear. Some people made their decisions on, oh, we know him, or they know half of the story, but not knowing the whole thing. The Pharisees, how did they make their decision? Okay, Lazarus had just been raised from the dead. Everybody knew it. You couldn't deny it. And so... um, And some of the Jews believed on him. Some other ones went to the Pharisees. This is in John chapter 11, 43 through 50. And some went to the Pharisees and told them what happened. And they said, uh, wow, we've got to stop this. All men are going to believe on him. And the Romans shall come and take away both our place and nation. We've got to stop this. And that's when they said that it's expedient that one man should die for the people. What were they concerned about? Their position, their authority, 
They were concerned about their position and authority. They made their decision not on this incredible miracle. Lazarus was raised from the dead. This has got to be the Messiah. No, they made their decision based on themselves losing their prestige, their power, their position. We're going to lose both our place and our nation. And the nation meant the Roman Empire was in charge, but the Roman Empire didn't put their leaders over every person. Um, they would let some of the local people under the authority of the Romans have some say in their governance. And the chief rulers of priests did here, and uh, they didn't want to lose that. They would rather keep their position and understand that Jesus is Messiah. Then the chief rulers, what did they do? John 12, 42 and 43, they, some of them believed, but because of the Pharisees, they did not confess, lest they should be put out of the synagogue, for they loved the praise of men more than the praise of God. One of the saddest statements ever said. They loved the praise of men more than the praise of God. These chief rulers, many believed on him, but the Pharisees in charge of the synagogue, they would have put him out. What, you believed on this Jesus? They would have kicked him out of the synagogue and they loved to sit in the high places of the synagogue. They loved to be called rabbi, rabbi. They loved the praise of men more than the praise of God. How many people are like that? How many people let peer pressure affect them or people at work affect them or their friends or family affect them? They would rather have someone else say, hey, good job. They love the praise of men more than the praise of God. Uh, what a sad thing. Peter, how did he make his decision? On fear. On fear. Jesus uh, told him he, did, did, he would deny me three times before the cock crew. No, I'll never deny you. And he did. How come? Based on fear. Based on fear. Again, we shouldn't make our decision based on fear. How did the people make their decision? Mob rule. Uh, Pilate wanted to release them and the people cried, crucify him, crucify him. Luke 23 20 through 24, Pilate didn't want to kill him. Pilate didn't find a fault with him. But the mob mentality, crucify him, crucify him. These verses are not back to back, but they definitely go together. Jesus went about doing good and they crucified him. Jesus went about doing good and they crucified him. I wonder how many in that mob, eight, or one of the 5,000 men or 20,000 plus total. I wonder how many he fed. I wonder how many were healed wonder how many he had helped that were in that crowd. But yet the, the, the rage of a mob, the fury of the mob, the excitement of the mob to go along with that. Well, everybody else believes that everybody else is doing it. No, you don't want to make your decision based on that. Pilate, how did he make his decision? Boy, Pilate's one of the most interesting. If you want to do an interesting read, read all four Gospels and start with where Pilate started and ended at and see. He said, I want nothing. His wife said, I have nothing to do with this just man. I've suffered many things in a dream because of him. He said, I find no fault in him. And uh, when Jesus, uh, he said, look, don't you understand? I have the power to take your life. He said, no power. You wouldn't have any power except my father gave it to you. He did not want to crucify Jesus, okay? But what happened? The people, the Pharisees told him, uh, Pilate sought to release him, but the Jews cried out saying, if thou let this man go, thou art not Caesar's friend. Whosoever maketh himself a king speaketh against Caesar. When Pilate therefore heard that saying, he brought Jesus forth. What happened? Why did he make his decision? Based on political power. Boy, if Caesar hears, you allow the king of the Jews to live, you're not Caesar's friend. You're going to lose your position. He made his decision because of political power. Herod, 
Herod could have released him. Herod could have uh, judged him. Uh, why did Herod make his decision? He wanted to see a miracle. Luke 23, 7 through 12. He wanted to see a miracle, and Jesus didn't answer him a word. Jesus didn't answer him a word. So he sent him back to, back to uh, Pilate to crucify him. How did Joseph and, uh, of Arimathea and Nicodemus make their decision? For fear of the Jews. Joseph of Arimathea, this is uh, of Arimathea, uh, John 19, 38 and 39. He wanted to take the body and uh, deal with it. Nicodemus also had the uh, ointment to anoint his dead body for burial. But it said, Joseph being a disciple of Jesus, but secretly for fear of the Jews. Secretly for fear of the Jews. Boy, a lot of fear going on here. A lot of people making decisions based on fear. The disciples forsook him and fled. Jesus denied him. Carson swore denied him three times. Nicodemus followed uh, him, but secretly for fear of the Jews. Hmm, sad thing. How did the Roman soldiers make their decision? Stuff. They parted his garment, and then for his robe, they cast lots. They made their decision based on stuff. What can we get out of this? So how should we make our decision? Two. How did God make his for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish. We should make our decision being willing to give to help other people. And how did Jesus make his decision? Luke twenty-two forty-two, saying, Father, if thou be willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. Here's how we should make our decision. Based on our leader, our savior, our God, he physically, humanly, didn't want to go through all that he was going to have to go through. But he said, not my will, but thine be done. So here's the gist of this. How do we make our decisions? Not by our will. Not by stuff, not by money, not by fear, not by praise of men more than the praise of God, not by uh, half-truths and thinking we know what we're talking about. No, how do we make our decision? By dying to self, not my will, but thine be done. Hey, do you have any decisions to make? You'll never find the will of God until you're willing to lose your own will. Can you die to self and say, God, show me. What do you want me to do? Not my will. God, I'm not going to do what I want. I'm going to do what you want. And when you do that, whew, man, you'll have the best life you could ever have. That's what we're supposed to do. Hey, God bless you. Have a great week. And uh, make sure you're making your decisions this way. Not my will, but thine be done. God bless, and hey, be kind to everyone. Everyone's having a tough time. Thank you for listening to the Wisdom for Life podcast. If you have any questions for us, email us at askpastorbaker at gmail.com, and we will answer them in an upcoming podcast. The email is askpastorbaker at gmail.com. 